Hey guys, I'm Rob. And I'm Ashton. And this is the We Held It Together podcast. A podcast on faith, marriage, and mental health. And a bunch of random stuff. We hope you enjoy. Hey guys, I'm Ashton. And I'm Robert, or Bobby. Or Rob. (laughs) Really go by anything. And we're just starting this thing off. Just kicking it off today, tonight, in our new apartment. Seeing how things go. And I, yeah, I wish you could see this office. <laughs> but Boxes on the floor. Yeah. Um, but I guess we're just coming on this podcast to just talk about things, mental health struggles that we've faced in our marriage, um, how God has like sustained us through all of this, and just kind of where we want to see it go. I don't... I don't know, Robert, what are you kind of thinking when you are thinking about this podcast? What what do you want to see from it? Yeah. Um, I almost think like we should come back to that at the end. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but I know it's a change up, but kind of maybe it'll make more sense to people if it's like, you know, they know a little bit more about us, our history, mm-hmm. and then it's like, Oh, okay, so now we can understand why. Are you wanting to dive into like the full thing of like? No, well, no, I don't think we have enough time. But to just keep this recording. Um. Yeah, we're gonna keep this recording. Okay. Haters gonna hate. Um. But yeah, so we could just start with something as easy as. Um. The first time you saw me. Oh. Well. That is starting from the beginning. Um, I don't remember the first time I saw you because we went to high school together and middle school. So I'm sure that there were times that we were in the same room or by the same lockers and didn't even know it. But the first time I saw you... So I never, like, struck you? Uh, (laughs) No, unfortunately. You know that. I unfortunately didn't. Close the locker door on there? Um... I guess it would have been on our first FaceTime date that I really kind of got the time to sit down and talk with you for four hours on FaceTime when I had just moved to D.C., but no, I hadn't ever, you had never caught my eye, I'm sorry to say. Yeah, that was like three years had gone by, for those who don't know, so. Well, did I catch your eye? Oh, yeah. Um... You were the the big fish, for sure. I've told you all this, but... Um, I mean, you were great above me, and just personality, like who I was, and the family I grew up in, you know? So it's like, dating is not really a thing until you're 18, I guess. Um, and, you know, we didn't, honestly, like, never really sat down and talked about these rules, but so between all of your seven, all seven of you, so Robert's one of seven kids, between all seven of you, there was never a time where you guys talked about when dating can start. Not when, I, I mean, I'm, you know, second from the bottom, but I don't remember anything like that. Um, and, you know, th- there were some, some kids that kind of broke that, um, not to like... We won't name any yeah, names. Yeah, we won't name any names. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, but in my mind, you know, and I think I was... 
I guess, somewhat of a rule follower. Maybe, I don't know. You'll have to decide. But um, it was just like, that was off the table. So, yeah. So, I, like, the girls in my own grade, you know, they're just, nothing could be there. And, you know, of course, I had found them attractive. But I absolutely remember uh, thinking Ashton was, you know, the top fish at the school and um sorry I'm not choking up I'm <laughs> having heartburn um and yeah I mean I, I thought that ship had sailed you know you, well, you went to school and a year later I went to the military so and so then we got we started dating in 2016 I had just graduated from college, NC State, and we started dating, and then a year later, we got engaged right that same week, so it was like Hello. our one-year anniversary, which a lot of people felt like was a pretty quick move, but I think we both kind of knew from the beginning that it was, well, I knew from the beginning, it took you a little while, that things were ready to to take to marriage, but, um, and then three months later, we got married. And no, she was not pregnant. <laughs> during all that we were asked that quite a bit but yeah. I mean, you know people kept asking us what our end game was why why we felt like we needed to get married so quickly but I feel like when you know you know so here we are we're almost three years into marriage and man have we been through it yeah that's for sure so I feel like <laughs> we just kind of want to share our story about everything we're not we are I, I just have to laugh because we've been through it, but we are so young and we are not the end all be all. We do not know everything. We have a lot to learn. We are young. Yeah, we're young. Yeah. And I think, you know, some of our situations, you know, possibly could have been avoided, you know, with a little more wisdom. Um, but just at our age, you don't. You don't know any better. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there's just going back to that previous question. There's, I guess, a lot of different reasons. I think this podcast is a good thing for, even if it's one person, um, like to maybe not make the same mistakes we did. Yeah. Or, um, you know, if you are in a tough spot, or you're struggling and and we're going to dive more into that later, but you know, just ways that kept us afloat, um, in our walks with the Lord. And not that that was always, you know, rainbows and unicorns. Um, but yeah, just practical ways. And, um, I think mental health was something that we never uttered. It wasn't something that we thought about. Um, I mean, we talked about other people that maybe were struggling with stuff. You had a lot of friends in the army who struggled or, you know, had even died by suicide. And I think, um, it was definitely something we were aware of, but I don't think we felt like it was hitting close to home for us per se. Um, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you feel different about that, but I think I think I think I definitely felt it. Um, I 
don't know. I so I was so out of touch with it. I had a very good friend in high school commit suicide with in very bizarre way. And um it just really spun me for a loop. And um I, I I didn't know what to think of it. Um yeah. And you know, going back on you know, I love my mom and dad so much, but you know, our our family, my own family history is is plagued with mental illness um on both sides. And you know, it's definitely genetic. You know, there's a whole not to get too much into the weeds, but there's a whole spectrum um, that genetics kind of put you in and play. So, like, um, you might be genetic-wise low end on the spectrum, but through, you know, high stress, um, you know, your diet, your exercise, and maybe, like, you know, a crazy, you know, factor or drug use even can pop you out into that the spectrum of mental health yeah the spectrum of mental illness um so you see a lot of people um a lot sadly you see a lot with drugs um it's kind of especially like people who like for me for instance i um definitely had a rough deck handed to me in a sense both my mom and my dad um, come from families where mental illness was an issue and, um, it was never talked about ever at the house. Um, like, I don't know, signs and symptoms and, and so, um, I was, sorry, I feel like I'm rambling on right now. That's okay. I was, you know, I'll have to say that I was higher on the spectrum um, genetic wise, um, just having both sides giving that to me. And then, um, you add in military, uh, deployment, PTSD, house fire, you know, a robbing, and we'll get into all this later, but just these dramatic events, it was just a catalyst that flew me into overdrive, you know, overdrive. like just a, a manic behavior um where and i'd like to caveat by saying that we are not trained medical professionals oh yeah hell no by any means (laughs) we are i mean we are learning i you know i feel like i have gained so much knowledge even from um a friend of mine elizabeth who has taught me a lot about mental illness and this was prior to even delving into what was going on with Robert. We were newlyweds and didn't know that he was even battling. Well, I mean, I think you kind of knew, but you didn't really know how to rationalize it. But that being said, I didn't even know that that was something that we were going to be facing in the upcoming months or years. And now it's something that we talk about on a daily basis and it's something that we are trying to educate ourselves on. And I think that that is amazing and I would recommend for every single person to do that. But I want y'all to know that this is just a safe place for us to come and talk and to let people know that they're not alone. Um, Being a wife that is married to someone who is struggling with mental illness, it doesn't mean that it ends in divorce because 
that's the only thing that I could find online. And um, there are ways to work through that as a couple, as an individual, and to, um, yeah, battle through it together. I think, like, I'm still learning daily, and we still are talking through things daily. Tonight, we just talked through a bunch of stuff that maybe we're both struggling with and ways to kind of better understand that between the two of us. So we just kind of wanted to, I think for me, this to be a place for other women or other men who maybe are married to somebody who is struggling to know that they are not alone and to know that there are stories out there of successful marriages because I can remember looking for that and just finding nothing every single person saying well we got a divorce and I I just wasn't satisfied with that response I I wanted an answer of we succeeded we are thriving we're doing well and knowing that you know our faith is stronger than ever um God is you know will sustain you if you seek him through all of these things I think that was something that we both really felt passionate about sharing with other people um and we may not do it perfectly and I think that we are new about new to talking about this openly with other people and sharing. So we may get criticism. And I think that's something that we'll take in stride. Yeah, I mean, this is our first time literally turning this thing on. So, um, yeah, we're just doing it. I think it'll be healthy for us. And we pray that it'll be... Um, I mean, even if one person benefits from this, it's, it really is worth it. Um, Robert, do you want to tell them just like a little blippet of kind of like what your diagnosis is so that way people can kind of know like where you're at as far as just kind of yeah. like where you are falling into this whole thing? I know you said that earlier you have PTSD, which is from the military. We know that from it's from the army. Um, and I would stand to say that I probably have PTSD too from our house fire that we had, but I didn't know if you also wanted to share kind of like your other diagnosis of what you, they believe that you have. Yeah. So not cut and dry. Yeah. So I'm sure is, if you listen to this, you probably know it's just a roller coaster of, um, medications, therapists, and, um, diagnosis, no. Diagnosis? Diagnoses? Diagnoses? <laughs> I don't know. Um, <clears throat> we'll uh, cut that out later. <laughs> um, and so, initially, I mean, when I was in the Army, uh, just to be point blank, it was... There was just no tolerance for it. Um, I was in a combat arms brigade. Um, I was a medic uh, to the infantry and um, airborne medic and... You know, it just was not talked about ever. I mean, there's just the biggest stigma over mental health issues, and um, and to my understanding, it's still it's still that bad. Um, and so, like coming back from a deployment, you know, it's like they've got these safeguards set up where, yeah, you do meet with a PA, and you know they talk talk you through a checklist and see how you're sleeping and all this stuff and if you want to hurt yourself and you know you just half of it's you want to get out of there so you can eat some real food 
And the other half is like, you know, you can't really say yes to any of these. Because you feel like you're going to be judged or because you feel like you're not going to get the help that you need? Or why do you feel like you couldn't say the things that you needed to say to that PA? Um, judged or um, like it's just a career ender. Um, and also, I mean, at large, I mean, we'll, I keep saying we'll get into this later, but um, just a societal thing of like, I saw the commercials of, um, you know, I don't even know, Cymbalta can help. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that on podcasts. So like the freaking butterfly that would come down and land on you. And it's like, yeah. And I was like, it was talking about how these depressed people like could not get out of bed. And I realized like there are people that struggle in that way. You know, the more I, I've come to know about this stuff, the more kind of ways it can dig into somebody. Um, but at the time, you know, that's just what I thought it was. And so, you know, I'm in the military. I wake up at, you know, 6 a.m. every morning, do PT. And so it's like, it's like... You didn't think that you had no it There's no way I had it because... You were getting out of bed in the morning. Yeah, and I, you know, I wasn't stuck in the bed and all this stuff. So, um, yeah, I think the military just, in, in a lot of ways, creates um, just a rough environment for that. For people to, like get help um the help is there i just think that like the channel to it is hard okay so you were in the army and you had some negative thoughts but you weren't quite clear cut dry on like how to share that with somebody you got out of the army and then it's like then what then how were you diagnosed what were you diagnosed with so my first diagnosis was um, major depression. I think that's what they call it. I think it was severe. Severe something. Uh... Some big word like that didn't sound good. Um, yeah, and you know, it's like what caused this, and I think it was just a lot of things. I think in my situation, it was. Um, my last year in, in, in service where, you know, I was getting out. So everyone else left for deployment. So it was just very lonely. Um, and a lot of anxiety because I had no idea what I wanted to do when I got out. Um, all I knew was the army. I joined right after high school. And so just all these combined also, you know, I was drinking a lot um, of alcohol basically every day. Yeah, um, I think because we were dating, but we were dating long distance, I don't know if I necessarily saw that in every way. You know, I, I think because I lived in D.C. at that time and you were stationed in Fayetteville at Fort Bragg, I, I wasn't with you every day. I saw you maybe every four weeks if we were lucky. And so I wasn't seeing the heavy drinking. And then if we were together, it was on the weekends. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like a 
clear in my face type situation yeah I'd call you and you'd have a beer but I'd think oh he just got off work like he's having a beer with the guys no big deal but I don't know if I knew to what extent the heavy drinking was taking place and I'm sure I tried to hide it in some ways yeah not that I even thought it was an issue but just you know feeling that it would look bad (laughs) going out of frame and in a frame with a new beer every you know 10 minutes so yeah um but I totally forgot where I was. <laughs> That's okay. You were. That's why I'm mean, a sidekick. You were talking about. I mean, we were trying to get to what you're diagnosed with. Like, but I think at the same time you were first diagnosed with severe depression, um, and that was just after we had gotten married, or maybe a year after we were in a marriage. Yeah, I don't really that was, remember. That was a year after I was going to. Honestly. Like a general practitioner. General practitioner. They're like the McDonald's of practitioners. <laughs> I'm not going to say their name, but I'm th- I'll do this quick blip. If you are struggling, go to a specialist, please. Yes. Um, Agreed. But I think the other thing that to note on that is not only were you going to a general practitioner, but you also weren't talking to anybody about what you were going through. You were only telling me, and you had asked me not to share that with anybody. Yeah. Um, you you were very ashamed of where you were at mentally, and you didn't want people to know that, and you asked me not to tell our families. You asked me not to tell your mom and dad, my mom and dad, anybody. And you really wanted to keep it a secret for a long time. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, it was just a perfect storm. You know, I get out of the army. I basically get married immediately. And I go to school. And I have no idea what I want to do in school. But I'm like, I have this weight of like being the provider. And like, you know, when you are in a a depressive state, or basically where your amygdala is just running wild, um you're having just irrational thought where it's short term so it's just all everything that's plaguing your mind that's where like all this anxiety came from too is you know I'm not the man I'm supposed to be I'm not the provider I'm, I'm the worst husband I'm this I'm that and, and you know that just grew you know I, I kind of kept it under the wraps for as long as I could because of just social pressures in the sense of like her Ashton's dad entrusted you know her to me like I'm the man of the house um you know I I'm an adult I'm a I'm a veteran for Pete's State. like you know like yeah so I just suppress suppress and then well, and you were put on multiple antidepressants at that point in time, which weren't working the way that they were supposed to. Some of them had really horrible side effects that, you know, we took you off of them for that reason. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to... I don't feel like telling you the names of them uh, is going to be, like, very beneficiary because... Um, no, I, I think everybody is different. Yeah, everyone is different. And that is science that I do believe in. Um not that I'm a scientist or like we said we're not medical professionals at all but um, 
I, I've just had close friends where one works for them, one, you know, did not work for me. So, um, and so anyone who's done that, just, that, just hang tough, man. Find anything to hold on to, to give you purpose. They, t- they say it takes about a year and a half to find the right medication and to, fight. And to level out. Because I, I understand the, how terrible a feeling it is when it's like, well, let, you know, let's titrate you up a little further. Let's titrate you up a little further. And then, like, finally, it's, like, not working still. Or it made it worse or something. And it's like, okay, well, it's going to take a few weeks to bring you back down. And then, you know, we'll start this medication. It'll be a few weeks till you get a therapeutic dose. And so it's like these, I mean, your emotions, I mean, the lulls and the highs, it's just a terrible, terrible roller coaster. And it is so hard to to keep the faith and to press on through that time. Um, Especially when you're battling suicidal thoughts or just negative self-talk constantly. I think it was just really difficult for you in those times to have a positive outlook on on an end game yeah and I think if you're in that man the biggest point of advice I can give you is find someone someone you can trust and just open up to them I mean luckily I had my wife and it was a long night of just weeping and crying and, and, and you know, she didn't understand all of it. She she's come so far. Um, <laughs> that is, I mean, we sat on the floor for pretty much the whole night, crying and talking to each other about it because I just was so baffled. I was so shocked that my husband, who was well, like, you never let somebody into your thoughts for so long, and and then finally you open it up, and there, and it's just. Yeah, I mean, I was just shocked. It was my husband who is this six foot three confident jokester who is being really vulnerable with me about such negative self-doubt and I I just was shocked and I didn't know how to handle it and I probably said all the wrong things you did <laughs> no I'm playing <laughs> um <laughs> no. hey we're here now so um so yeah I mean I think like it's something that I'm definitely, I think we have come a long way, both of us. You're learning to talk about it. And gosh knows that that's been a long road of yeah. getting you to communicate. But I'm learning to understand it a little bit better. I still don't, and I never will. And that's okay. But we're getting there. Yeah. We're getting there. But that can be, I think, you know... Full, full circle back to our original question that we never answered is eventually Robert was diagnosed with bipolar type 2 disorder um, and that was a long road of getting to that diagnosis with PTSD so um, yeah I mean it, it's been so two and a half years since no a year and a half since we started the journey of kind of figuring out mentally where Robert's at, where he 
um, needs to be on his medication. Yeah. Um, hospitalizations. It's been a long year and a half and it feels like 10 years that we have been together and like, especially when you're in them, (laughs) it's, I mean, it just feels like a lifetime that we have been battling this, but it's only been such a short time. And it is really cool to look back and reflect on all of this for me because I can see how far we've come. I mean, even you just talking about the medications, I forget about it. I zone it out a little bit. And it's nice to just look back on that and think, gosh, we were in the pits, man. We were in the pits. And we have, you're leveled out. You're feeling good. You're running a business. And it's like a 180 from where we were. And it feels so good to be not there. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I don't know, maybe this can be a thing, but to end this little blip with, like, a takeaway or whatever, um, is to force yourself to find something positive. Absolutely. Um, That's something... And whether or not you're struggling with you know, suicidal thoughts or whatever, I think, um, I think that's always a good thing to, to talk about. Um, yeah. Cause like, and, and I'll be honest with you, like I've been to a place where suicide looks like the best option and like you can put, I don't even know, a beach front house with Krispy Kreme donuts all in front and a hot tub. <laughs> and like that brings me zero joy. Zero joy. Like the thought of it, even if it was like realistic, um, just being in that such a clouded mindset and, and it's a veil. That's what you got to think or, and know is a veil over you um you know we we're talking off the cuff you know we don't have this written out so I'm sure we're just jumping around but yeah just know that like because it's a veil it can be lifted and um you know I am proof of that and uh I I, I know plenty of other stories you know, sadly, you hear the the bad ones, but um, we know yeah. other people that have come through it. Yeah, but just going back to that one thing, like force yourself, have a notepad by your bed, force yourself to be positive. Like if it's, I got up this morning. Check mark. Yeah. If sure. it's, you know, I made sweet tea or I <laughs> brewed a cup of coffee or who knows I, I completely redid an engine in an old truck or something I mean like it doesn't matter how big it is you just you get you start small but you, the real reason you're doing it is you, you have to retrain your mind um, I'm sure you already realize this now but the mind is Oh, that's our dog. <laughs> Sorry. Um, well, I also was, I was just going to close out by, first of all, 
if anybody is struggling with suicide or negative thoughts or just needs someone to talk to and you don't feel like you can call a friend or a family member that you know and love, I do want to just give the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. It's um, 1-800-273-8255. And I think it's something that we just will probably share every single episode. Um, But also I do want to say that we know this is probably a rough first episode of just us rambling on and on and on and have grace for us (laughs) and come back for episode two because I think it's just going to get better with our conversation and we really do hope to bring on people that maybe have gone through stuff that want to share their story or we want to bring on people that um, are in the you know in the field of mental health and kind of where they're at But we also want to talk about changes that we think we could maybe start advocating for within the mental health system that we saw that we didn't love um, when Robert was being hospitalized or whatever. And I think those are all things that we want to talk about and share with you guys. So we hope you tune in for another episode. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning into our episode today. We hope you click subscribe and give us that five-star rating. We would like to thank Alex Manring for our artwork, as well as Audio Jungle for our music. The podcast was done by Robert and I. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week.